members of the OG army get those wallets unfolded. Coming up next on the other ground live stage, prepare for an eargasm by Passive J and Big Dalton. Well, good afternoon and welcome to yet another edition of Other Ground Live. I'm Passive J. That's Big Dalton over there. Say hello, Ryan. Ladies and gentlemen, it is July the 8th. It is a Wednesday, and that's just about it. How was work, Jay? <laughs> it was a job. I showed up, and they paid me. Uh, I see the OG Army starting to form up in the chat box. Always glad to see you guys there. Uh, how'd your day go, Ryan? Uh, I got off a call <sighs> roughly six or seven minutes ago, so it's been one of those days. Oh, that is unfortunate indeed. My job was not too bad today. I showed up, you know, uh, I answered phones, I took reservations, I directed people to things, and it was a fairly uneventful day, So, which I like. Uh, as I like to say there, no news is good news. Well, with that said, there's not much news today. Who oh, knows? Well, I was working, but I did try to come up with at least a couple things to talk about. Uh, do you? Did you find anything at all, uh, or do you want me to go ahead and start oh, off? Oh, I always, I always have a few things, and then also, if nothing else, this also is the Wednesday of a fight week. So oh yes, at so we some point we in. need to make fight picks. Yeah, uh, but well, the first thing I saw, so it mm -hmm. looks like Walmart is uh, launching a, con a competitor to Amazon Prime. Hmm, I've heard talks about this for a while. Uh, what did they uh, say? Uh, so it's going to come out. It's going to cost ninety eight dollars a year. Um, it Walmart declined to provide like a lot of the details, but mm -hmm. some of the things that have been kind of leaked are same day grocery delivery, gas station discounts, and then hmm. early access to deals. And then also, it hasn't confirmed whether it's one or two day shipping on everything else, but it's the same type of of thing. Right, right. Well, obviously, the big thing that stands out there is the same-day uh, grocery uh, delivery. Uh, if that's free, that's not too bad. Um, although, honestly, from what I understand, uh, Kroger's uses uh, someplace called Shipped, I think, and they're free anyways, uh, as far as I can tell. Or, no, I'm sorry, it's a $10 delivery fee, which is fucking nothing for any kind of real grocery order. Uh, Myers uses a different system that I didn't like. They're Theirs is free, but all of their prices on the uh, website, if you go through shit, that's what it is that Myers uses shipped. Uh, and all their prices are slightly more expensive than if you went and bought it at the store. So like if that thing was $3.29 at the store, they're going to charge you like $3.69. Uh, but that shit adds up. So uh, I remember doing about uh, a $100 order and it ended up being as much as I could tell, $120, like a $20 difference. So to me, 20% more is fucking ridiculous. Uh, our Kroger's, as far as I can tell, is just the exact same prices as the store, but they charge you $10 for delivery. That seems a much fairer way to do it. Or do something like this and pay 100 bucks a year and just get free shipping. Yeah, yeah, exactly. that's why I said that's why I figured their uh, uh, free same-day grocery thing is definitely going to be their selling point because if you use that every week, even that for Kroger, which I consider affordable, that's $520. If you're getting groceries every fucking week, uh, as opposed to $99 plus everything else you can buy from Walmart that you can't really buy from a regular grocery store. Right. Yeah. And so this should, this should be interesting to see how many people, you know, hop on board of this and just see how much this eats into Amazon. Cause like right now, Amazon is roughly like, I think almost 40% of like online sales. I think Walmart oh, yeah, they're, is like they're in huge. the low single digits. I think they're like four or five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have very little of the market altogether. Um, probably about the same percentage as any other big store like that. Where because some people just prefer to buy from them as uh, those stores instead of Amazon. So I imagine Walmart, Myers, and all those type of stores probably have about equal amount of uh, market share in that department. Um. Right. Remind me, remind me before after this subject's over. Uh, James Alexander wanted to ask us about our mic setups. Well, I think that I, I don't have much else to talk about about Walmart or Amazon. I just found it interesting. Hmm. I can't see necessarily supporting Walmart and ordering anything from there because, like, I generally get groceries from like Whole Foods or places that I trust. 
But uh, oh. you know, hey, yeah. I I used to thing. shop. I used to shop at a Wal- Walmart near me for a year or two before the Myers opened. Literally, fucking next door to it. I don't know how this happened. Literally, well, not literally. There's a there's a uh, a restaurant in between them, but they're they are about. 500 yards from each other. How does that happen? But anyways, uh, uh, James uh, was asking about our mic setup. And since you set them both up, so to speak, you'd probably be a better person to, to give the description of them. God damn. I have to talk about your setup as well. Oh um, yeah. So, well, yeah. I... so, so Jay is running a Rode NT one, a microphone, uh, a focus, right? Uh, Scarlet two, I two interface. And then you also have like a, it was a DBX. What's the model number? The DBX okay. 286S. 286S. Uh, for me, right now, I'm currently uh, running a Rode NT1. Uh, for my interface, I run a Go XLR, and then now and then you may hear me on a Shure SM7B. So that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> but actually, as, as far as the setups go, it's it's not the most expensive thing. It's not as expensive as some people think. Uh, it's it's not cheap, but it's not uh, super duper expensive. There's a whole next level to that, at least as far as microphones and shit go. Uh, as far as preamps and like uh, whatever the f- uh, fuck this DBX uh, thing is, uh, are there, is there another level over that, Ryan? Because I know we spoke about microphones, but we didn't really talk about the rest of the setup that much. Uh, for like an actual interface and like preamps, yes, you can get, you know, higher, higher level of those, but for the most part, part for most people, like you can get almost a like professional recording studio sound for less than like a grand. Uh, the biggest thing you're going to see once you have a decent interface, like you're going to see the biggest jump by getting a really, really good microphone, uh, which that'll run you about a grand. But other than that, yeah, as long as you know what you're doing as far as setting your levels, recording things, cleaning it up in post, like you could do most of this stuff pretty well. Right. And I haven't messed with that part of it. I've got the settings down for live broadcasting, I think, uh, which that was just the work of a couple of YouTube videos, uh, which uh, it made it a way easier than I feared it was going to be because there's a lot of dials on this fucking thing. <laughs> the, the DBX set is the uh, preamp doesn't have too many. Uh, although it does have a couple few. So I was a little intimidated at first, uh, but in this day of YouTube instructions for fucking everything, it's ended up not being a big deal at all. We are screwed once the monkeys figure out YouTube. <laughs> and it's not just for like stuff like this. There's all kinds of stuff out there on YouTube that helps people out. Uh, my uh, buddy, he's been really mechanically inclined his entire life, but he's never taken any formal, former formal uh, classes. Uh, but still, he's good enough that he's worked on my car just because he knows how fucking me- mechanics work. Uh, and once YouTube came around, he started digging into shit that he had really no business fucking around with uh, with great success because he wasn't scared of anything at that point. He goes, dude, there's a YouTube video for fucking everything. I can fix anything on a fucking planet. And, and he pretty much can just give him a YouTube video and uh, an hour or two to fuck with it. And it's fixed. Well, yeah, if you can follow directions and not be an idiot. You can figure out most things through YouTube. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are different levels to it. Like I, there's no way I'd fuck with anything mechanical, uh, in a car, despite the YouTube videos, uh, for other reasons. I've seen what happens when you start working on a used car, uh, uh bolts break, uh, things won't come off this, that, and the other, uh, 90% of a mechanic's work is not actually just doing the job. It's fucking, fucking with the fucked up parts. Well, yeah, but you're just scared of anything with any complexity. We've we've gone over this. Yeah, I'm afraid. I, I fear making mistakes. I like to keep things simple. Uh, so I don't, and I, I'm, as I mentioned before, I realize it's a running joke. I'm not good with my hands, so I don't like fucking around with things. People are like, oh, if you try it, you'll get better. I'm like, yes, slowly, very, very slowly. I don't I don't pick things up as uh, physically manual label, labor hand-eye coordination, whatever you want to call it, as fast as some people. So I can get stuff. It just takes me a really long time. That's why, generally speaking, don't like to fuck with things I haven't fucked with before because I know the most probable result is I'm going to make them worse, and then I'm going to have to pay extra money to the guy that I should have called in the fucking first place. Yeah, I still say at some point you, you you go out there and you hop on like auto bid master or something, you get... You get like a salvaged vehicle and just something relatively cheap that you can fix up a little bit and just 
throw that in the garage and just do some work on it, knowing that worst case scenario, you're out 500 bucks or a grand, depending on what you actually get. Best case scenario, you actually fixed a car. You could flip it if you want, or you could continue to work on it. Yeah, I mean, and once I'm retired... You love or, cars. Yeah, I do love cars. Uh, but once I'm retired, I can definitely see doing that. Uh, or possibly, uh, well, if nothing what else, I'd be... What the fuck are you a, talking about retired? You have well, like... Four months a year, you could work on these projects. Hey, it's not that much. It's like two, two and a half. Uh, but, but regardless, uh, you're right. That's that's probably not a good excuse. I don't have a lot of room right now. I could, uh, wouldn't be able to fit a car in my garage right now if I tried. Uh, but it is that is something. Maybe I, I I might also buy something smaller to fuck with. You know, instead of starting off with a car, uh, something else mechanical, small that uh, you know, like maybe. No, no, that's a bad idea because then I'd be tempted to ride it, and I don't want so I don't want to fuck with a dirt bike or anything like that. I'm too old for that shit. Four wheelers look fun. Uh, my buddy had a really uh, fast one. Same guy, <laughs> no surprise. Uh, he ended up taking a uh, he bought a, a four wheeler from like the '90s called a Banshee. Uh, they don't even make it anymore, uh, but they're really popular because you could you know, like fucking soup them up really good, and they were super duper fast, like some of the fastest four wheelers that you could get. So he bought an older one and just fucking uh, built it up, built it up, built it. I remember at one point he spent like $3,000 on the engine, having it sent out and blueprinted and honed and uh, bored out and all this different shit. I was like, dude, you just spent $3,000 on an engine for a uh, fucking four-wheeler that you paid $1,500 for. <laughs> and he wasn't done. I, he ended up spending like fucking 10 grand altogether between buying the uh, four-wheeler and all the shit he did to it. Uh, at that point, it was like one of the quickest fucking four wheelers around, period. Because uh, just like me, whatever he does, he overdoes. It's one of the reasons we get along so well. <laughs> but it's it was stupid. I, I, at no point did it make any sense. This is the same person that didn't have health insurance. <laughs> and uh, yeah, at the end, his main job was fucking mowing lawns and fixing lawnmowers for a company. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Somebody finds something that they enjoy doing, they're going to overdo it. You should yep. know this. I mean, uh, how much true. did you smoke a couple days ago before the show? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was a little much that day. I did go overboard. You are correct, sir. As I, as I mentioned, that's one of the reasons we got along so well because we had a lot of the same personality in that in that regard. Uh, we didn't have a lot of common interests other than that. Uh, so, uh, but in that regard, we were almost exactly the same. Fair enough. Well, it, yeah. again, find somebody that has a kind of a like idea. You go and you get yourself a project this year once uh, once you're unemployed and work on that. Yeah, that's a good idea, sir. Uh, so what else you got? Um, so we, we talked about this in prior months. Like you would think that the economy is getting better. Like you hear, you know, like NASDAQ all time highs and shit like that. Mm hmm. But there was also kind of a shitty reality check today. Oh, how's that, uh, sir? So it came out and um, 32% of U.S. households have missed their July housing payments. Oh, geez. Didn't we say, didn't you say something like uh, 40% of or 30-something percent of people were, uh, no, that's actually a different uh, statistic I was thinking about. Wow, that's not no, good. No, it was the same statistic. It was like, it was right around 30% before. Oh, we talking. So, it was either so in May or the June. Last month. Oh, I see. So the next ones can't come out and it's close to the same. Yep. So that's not good. Uh, so possibly the people that are benefiting from this market are not the ones that have been uh, that are missing payments now. Well, it's also the fact that the Fed is buying a bunch of stock and kind of propping up the stock market. So that's, oh, you know, that's a thing. Really? I did not know that was a yep. thing. Is that allowed? Uh, I mean, obviously they're doing it, but how's that work? They print money and buy stocks. Seriously, I mean that's that doesn't seem right. Uh, doesn't doesn't that uh, who decides what stocks are bought? Um, so generally they just do like kind of like S and P five hundred, like stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they uh they started on June fifteenth. Uh, they began purchases of up to two hundred and fifty billion dollars in individual corporate bonds. Um, once again, who decides who? Where you know? I realize they only send it to a certain type of uh, company, but stuff like this, we, at least for me, brings credit to the to the entire you know uh, pay off your government official thing to have them do things for you. 
uh, like you hear about that all the time, right? Never, and I'm never sure how seriously to take it. But holy shit, couldn't somebody benefit from that a whole bunch if the uh, people spending the stocks decided to go in a certain direction with it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, so this is this is one of the levers that the Fed has as the central bank hmm. to, you know, stabilize the market. But yeah, this is one of those things we're running at basically zero. I think we are we still at zero interest from the Fed? I don't, I don't know. know if we're slightly above it or not, but you know, of course, Trump wanted us to go negative interest rates. Yeah. So you know, we would pay people to borrow money. Um. But yeah, this was another thing that they could do, and they've started to do it. So mm. when I see anything with like the stock market and shit like that anymore, like how much of that is real? Hmm. Now you just made me feel bad about like all the interest rates I currently have for everything. <laughs> You know, because most of the time I've managed to get a good interest rate because believe it or not, I have good credit. I know that would surprise some people, but uh, I pay my bills. Uh, well, this so, is, uh, so you may want to look into refinancing your house. Yeah, God, I mean, this is the I, time uh, to do it. Well, I wonder what the actual rates are for it right now. I only I refinanced it. I refinanced it like five years ago. So or four years ago, not that long ago. What the are rates you at are for so your good. interest rate? I want to say like three point something or three point four, maybe three point yeah, eight. I, I know somebody I worked with got under three. Oh wow! Just a couple weeks ago. So yeah. Hmm. I mean, but it, I guess it really depends on well, if there uh, if there's points or all this other stuff that I don't understand because it has to be a fair amount under what you're going for to make it worthwhile. Like if mine's three point four right now, then three might not make it worth it going for if mine's 3.8 and they can give me 2.8 that might be a different story well and it all depends on how long like you plan on taking to pay it off right now versus what you would you know do the same thing with getting refi right oh well with the refi i think i will like that's i'm still paying for like the next 25 years or some shit like that Well, uh, if I could, it's, it's, yes, uh, that's what the term would be, but like, right. you need to figure out like when you could pay these things off and how long you would actually want to carry it. There's a lot of financial decisions to be made there, but I'm saying right now, like if you're ever going to borrow money, this is probably the time to do it. Right. Yeah. At the moment, I don't really, I mean, unless, I mean, there's always things you could do. If someone, if someone gave me like $40,000, I could fix up this house a lot nicer. There's the issues that I have that I need to address that we're just ignoring because we don't have the money for it. Nothing catastrophic, but like the porch needs to be redone. We could use new carpet, you know, shit like that. But that's not well, really yeah. worth, I'm, that's I'm not really worth taking out a large board, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm talking more just going in, refinancing, not getting a bunch of extra money on top of it, but just setting yourself up and kind of future-proofing yourself. Right, yeah, that's true. Um, I should probably look into it a little bit. It can't hurt. Uh, and as I said, I do have decent credit. I think I had, <clears throat> just between you and me, I had better credit before I got married because <laughs> my wife had horrible credit. We're working on that right now. I've actually made her open up a couple of credit cards in her name uh, so that you know, when I die, she at least has her own credit because that's the last thing you want to do is have me kick off and then she's got all these bills and fucking bad credit. Yeah, that's not a good situation and that actually happens quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, everything's in my especially name. Especially like the yeah, especially like the last generation where you'd have a lot of situations where like the wife had never had anything in her name like her entire life. Right. So husband, you know, kicks the bucket and all of a sudden she's sitting there. It's not that she has bad credit. She literally has no credit, Yep. which actually and, in most cases is worse than having bad credit. Right. Cause at least uh, when you have bad credit, you at least, you probably have a history of some payments. Um, just not all of them apparently. Uh, so yeah, we're going with that. But if I, uh, at the moment, you know, I, I'd like to get her on like, things like bills and put her on the house and and all that good stuff but well most bills don't really matter loans definitely will um most of it's going to be you know getting some revolving or accounts making sure the credit utilization is you know below 10 percent, making sure all the payments are on time all of that good stuff um make sure it's not a ton of different you know credit cards she's getting because one of the main things is going to be like average account length so just getting a bunch right away is probably actually going to initially hurt the score and then it'll right. slowly get better over time. But yeah, there's all that fun credit shit. Right. Right. Uh, my roommate 
excuse me, ex-roommate was able to get his score up from like a 400 to like a 700 over the course of six months just by uh, using the credit card and paying a, a certain amount. He read this online thing about spending ex- this much of your of your percentage and paying it off the, you know, at this time. You don't pay it off every month. You pay it off like every two weeks, but you don't pay it all off. You leave it. So it was this big, long, complicated thing that I didn't pay attention to because I have good credit. Um, but it worked for him. He, uh, in the space of six months, he was able to uh, get at least good enough credit to buy a house and move the fuck out of here. And from having fucking zero credit, uh, the only credit he had at that point was bad credit from uh, like a couple of loans he took when he was like 20 years ago when he was 18, like a Sears card or some shit like that. Uh, but well, he managed yeah, so to do that it shit pretty good. Really, yeah, that shit really wouldn't have mattered much at that point. So yeah, he right. was just more kind of just quickly building some credit, which you see the big gains from to begin with. And then obviously it tapers off as he would start to get like towards like a 700. Right, right. See, before I got married, I was a 805, I think it was. Uh, they send me a credit report every week now. And I, the last time I checked it, which was a couple days ago, was uh, 767. It just went up three points. Ooh. So it's, I don't have bad credit at, at all, but I don't have like the top tier credit anymore. Someone said the credit ratings for everything's uh, the same after 750, but I'm not sure if that's true or not. No, it's not true. <laughs> Yeah, like so for, I, uh, for most things, yes, right? But like, there's always going to be things where the higher, the better. Right, yeah. I just assume there's not much that uh, uh, I wouldn't qualify for at the highest rate at this point, but there might be one or two things where they want a little bit cre- better cre- uh, credit rating. Yeah, like you couldn't go out and get like a, a black card. Right, which is perfectly understandable. There's no reason for me to have that type of credit limit. Uh, my current credit card has a ten grand limit, uh, monthly limit, and I see no reason why I would ever need more than that. Yeah, I've got a couple that are like twenty and fifty thousand dollars, and I don't know why. Yeah. It's just because they offered that. Like, I've never carried a balance more than like a grand. So yeah, yeah, we whatever. we end up yeah we end up doing what one or two grand a month because we pay for everything on our credit card, every single thing, all of our bills. Um, everything that'll let us pay, uh, there's, there's certain bills that they just won't let you pay for credit card. I think like my, like my mortgage, uh, and things like that, but most other things they will let you do it. So we put everything on there so that we can get travel points, uh, uh, you know, from uh, paying it off. And the rule is that whatever it is, it doesn't matter whether it's $50 or $5,000, although we've never hit that, we pay it off at the end of the month, uh, so that we don't have to worry about any kind of credit, uh, you know, uh, interest rate shit. Right, and that's the way to do it. Yep, and uh, and since all my bills are set to auto pay, uh, I don't have to worry about missing shit. It, it's basically just an automatic process that slowly builds me points, uh, credit card points for my next uh, vacation. Your wonderful vacation to another part of Michigan. Yeah, Port Austin, dude. I'm gonna post pictures. You're gonna be amazed, dude. It really is a nice uh, town. Uh, we are looking forward to it quite a bit. We talked to our various bosses at work. And uh, everything's approved for us to take that day off. So that's going to be awesome. Uh, let me ask you a question. This is one of, the, my, one of the things that bothers me about my job. Um, whenever I want to take time off, my boss always says, okay, well, you better start calling so-and-so and so-and-so, that you like the people that we normally use, uh, that will normally cover for me if I uh, want to take a day off or if I'm sick. And that always kind of irked me because I kind of th- feel like that's her job. Um, like I put in the request for a day off and then she finds out whether she can cover for me or not and lets me know if I have the day off. Uh, that's how it's always been at every other job I've ever had. Uh, in every other department of this uh, company, uh, the country club I work at, that's how it works. They put in time off requests and then the uh, supervisor decides if they can you know, can uh, afford to not have them there that day. They don't say, okay, start calling your coworkers and asking which one's going to cover for you that day. Is that just me? Does that happen more often than I'm thinking about? Uh, obviously, it shouldn't bother me. It's not a big deal, but it always struck me as kind of weird. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, like, when I take time off, what I do is I send an Outlook invite to, like, my team and then my boss saying, hey, I'm out these days, and that's just the end of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, because... I can understand part of it because my job is not such one where I can just not show up and the job goes on with wait staff or a kitchen staff or like groundskeeping or stuff like that. If someone doesn't show up, everyone else just works a little bit harder and covers for them. Um, 
you can't do that at my job. I, they have, there's just me. So there has to be someone doing my job. So I understand that I, I can't just take a day off willy nilly. Uh, there, uh, there has to be someone to cover for me. I just think it's kind of weird that she makes me call them. It's like, shouldn't you be calling them? Is you know, you always the boss. This is why they pay you extra money. Uh, but what are you going to do? Yeah, I, I don't know if I could deal with that. I'd probably unreasonably lose my shit. <laughs> uh, and it is weird to have, be in a job like that. Uh, it's the first time I think I've ever been in a position where I have to be there. Uh, and I am uh, there pr- pretty much every goddamn day. Uh, I don't miss work for being sick. Uh, I believe in going to work unless... And I feel kind of hypocritical about this because I get upset when people come into work visibly sick. Uh, but my job's such that if I want to call in sick, I have to call my boss by five in the morning, wake her up out of her bed and tell her that she better get to fucking work early because because <laughs> she normally shows up to work like three or four hours after I do. Um, and it, it's just a horrible thing. And I figure as long as I can function, I should be at work. And they agree with me. They 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 don't you know they don't say oh, Jo oh, you're you're too sick you shouldn't be here. They're like good as long as you can make it be here, um, which is probably a bad attitude to have. And obviously you can't do that now with the COVID stuff. Uh, but I so I don't think. Let me think. I think I've called in and said I wasn't going to come to work twice, maybe three times in sixteen years. Uh, now, slightly more often, I have gotten to work and said, oh, this fucking sucks. I'm dying. Uh, let me start calling around people to cover for me and then have someone come in like two or three or four hours into my shift and I go home. That happens like maybe once every couple of years. Because you, know, you do get sick and sometimes you just feel like shit. But I can't not go to work. I have to open up the place and get everything going. Uh, there's no bosses there in the fucking morning. I got to be there. Holy shit. It's a fucking shit show if I didn't show up. Yeah, that sounds like kind of a poor idea being around a bunch of super old people. Oh yeah, and those things have all been changed now. Obviously, if they're if you got any kind of fucking sniffle or any kind of symptoms, you don't come to work. Uh, they make you fill out a sheet saying that you don't have any of these symptoms every single day. I guess so to remind you that you shouldn't have them. And we do a temperature check of every single employee every single day. I know I do most of them. Uh, so that's you know attitudes have certainly changed. Uh, and reasonably speaking, uh, I probably was never a much of a uh, um, threat to the members anyways, or at least directly, because I don't interact with them directly. I interact with them on phone, or if they come up to my uh, office, there's three feet of desk and two feet of wall <laughs> and between me and, and them anyways. So, you know, it's like I'm sitting at a desk and I have my entire desk, then there's a wall that has a window cut out of it that the members walk up and talk to me at. So I don't get too close to them anyways, but obviously I interacted with other employees that could pass along as well. So it was probably a poor idea, but I kind of had to, it wasn't really my choice. Fair enough. Well, in in other news about people getting infected by things, (laughs) did you hear about the, uh, the state rep in Ohio that is telling everyone in Ohio to stop getting tested for Corona? Oh, what could be his amazing reason for that? He said he's tired of living in a dictatorship. Oh, God. I mean, this is, these are real people, right? We haven't fallen into some crazy TV show and this, some idiot just reading his lines. People actually think this shit, huh? Yeah, this is uh, state rep Nino Vitale. Mm. Oh, come on, Nino. You should know better. He's a representative. His, so people his like response this shit. to, his response to gov- the governor, you know, like trying to take care of the state was, uh, where is it here? This is what happens when people go crazy and get tested. Stop getting tested. <laughs> okay, I see. Well, he's got a valid point. The ostrich defense has worked out very well over the years for very many people. If you ignore that fucking problem, eventually it's going to go away. And he's correct in one way. If we ignore it, eventually it's going to kill enough of us that you know, the few remaining people will be immune. And his his rationale behind it, so he, he did try to give a, a great argument behind it. Mm. Um, so the state over the last few weeks has seen just a steady increase in hospitalization rate from COVID. 
Um, but his response, and this is very, very well thought out. He thinks the administration is just using this entire situation as an excuse to claim something is happening that is not happening at the magnitude that they say is happening. Mm. Okay. His word's not mine. It's a pretty good argument, obviously. <laughs> well, you know, that's, you know, how circular logic works, right? You can, you know, just lead one thing to another forever. Uh, yeah, that's just dumb. Uh, people, we have this conversation every day. Certain people just don't take it serious at all. And I find that so surprising that, because here's your two options. There's this semi-serious disease that's pretty contagious that's getting a lot of people sick and a very small percentage, but a percentage will die from it. Or there's this crazy conspiracy for whatever reasons you want to uh, think up that the government wants you to think that there's a, uh, a dangerous disease going around and there's actually not. And they're just trying to make you wear masks to take away your freedom, uh, which I'm not quite sure how that works, but apparently they're pretty convinced of it. So those are your two options. Which do you think is more likely, really? Yeah, and there's the entire thing. Like, yes, you can obviously make the the argument about, you know, if you're if you're just a normal, healthy person, you probably don't have much to worry about. The problem is, is like so many people have so much undiagnosed shit that you may fall into a higher risk than you think you do. And then there are just the other people like there was that what that 41 year old actor or whatever the fuck he was that got sick, ended up losing a leg and then fucking died a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's a good example. The dude was 41. He was a Broadway actor. Uh, so he's pretty active as they thought he was perfectly healthy. And people go, oh, yeah, well, he had all these problems. Well, they didn't know he had these problems. That's that's your you just made my point for me, sir. No, lots of people, like you said, are walking around with shit that they don't know about. Uh, so your buddy who you, you go surfing with every uh, Wednesday uh, might have some shit going on. And while you're perfectly healthy, you just fucking killed him because you didn't give a shit about uh, spreading the covid. Well, and then there's the other thing, like even if he didn't have any other issues, like it also takes people that are per perfectly healthy and ends up killing them. Yeah, it's not a lot, but it right. happens. Right. Well, the, the reason I brought that up is because I saw I saw that article and some people were saying, well, obviously he had you know health issues. It doesn't normally cause this heart problem and this and that and this and that. But it can. I'm like, well, well, it can't. Well, even if it can't, well, guess what? They don't know he. They didn't know he had health issues, and they can't find any of them now because he's dead. Uh, my point being, nobody is safe just because they think they're healthy. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm in the exact same camp. It's just yes. people are stupid. Like, again, we can't go from lockdown to fucking Florida overnight. I think that's just not a good call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you see what I posted on the uh, other ground uh, before the show? Well, that's oh, right. You gigantic said you did. boat gathering with an absolutely <laughs> retarded name. Yeah, the Jobby Nooner. Yeah, uh, I, they, I I know the story of it, and I'm not even going to tell because it's not worth it. Oh, oh, we got Sly calling in. I I, I knew he said he was going to. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and bring the, the Sly dog on here. What up, Sly? Did somebody say Jobby Nooner? <laughs> well, yes. Are you familiar with that, sir? I actually am. Oh, well, tell us more. Everybody listen up. After the show... Go to Google and type in Jobby Nooner Hotties or something like that. Uh, that, that uh, I was disappointed in the video you posted, Jay. It's, they, the, the news only showed a couple of old people. Well, yeah, yeah, uh, that's the news. It, it's straight up like I'm in San Diego, but I'm on Lake Michigan or Huron. Yeah, it's, it's over the top. It, it, it's an event that doesn't get much press. You know, not, and the word's getting out. It, it, it's going to really explode. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and for those that are unfamiliar, Jobby Nooner is the second lar largest boat party in the Midwest. Uh, that doesn't sound like much of a distinction, but apparently it is because uh, it's fucking huge. A whole bunch of people uh, get together on, on a certain day and drive their boats to a, a small island. Like it's not I think it might be an acre across two acres across tops. And they all just park around it and hook their boats together and fucking party your ass off. And it's hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of boats. It's a pretty impressive thing. Uh, I've never been there because I don't know anyone who's cool enough to have a boat, but <laughs> I've heard many stories about how ridiculous it is. Uh, I posted it th because I wanted to talk about the 
uh, Jobby Nooner in context with the COVID stuff going on. Uh, and it still happened this year. And there was a ton of people there uh, being super unsafe. But the uh, news posted a comparison between last year and this year. And it looked like there's between one third to half as many people there. So there was a ridiculous amount, but less than last year. So is that a win or a loss as far as the COVID goes? Well, I'm not there this year. So, so a loss <laughs> for you. Anyway, it, it's like going to Carnival or Mardi Gras without all the puke and the piss and stench. Well, it's still uh, there. It just all washes away in the lake. It's it's all free tits and ass to look at, and oh, everybody yeah. and everybody shows it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It, it, that's the thing, you know. I, uh, apparently, showing your tits is like what's done at the Jobby Nooner. So, if you ever need to see a nice pair of tits, a uh, nice pair of Michigan Midwest tits, uh, go to the Jobby Nooner, I suppose. <laughs> or just buy a boat and just take it out anyway, because those things are are pretty much a magnet for women. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder like if it's you good there. Much. Yeah, you don't need much coercion there just to say, hey, you want to come out on my boat? Yeah, yeah, I saw that my buddy had a boat at one point. I saw that worked for him. Uh, same guy. <laughs> he bought an old one. He bought a fucked up one and fixed it up and had it for a while. Uh, but yeah, uh, boats attract women. Uh, and I can understand. his. He had like a, a ski type boat. and It was, it was pretty fun. Uh, uh, I didn't go on it very much because I'm not really comfortable going high speeds on small lakes. <laughs> but that's just me. But the job we need, from my understanding, is really cool. Uh, Ryan, you saw the the broadcast uh, with the numbers from last year to this year. Is that like a win, do you think? Or do you think that's a loss? I didn't actually see anything about it. I only saw, like, the, uh, basically the, God, what, the thumbnail? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see all the boats, and I could see the stupid name, so I kind of put two and two together. (laughs) Well, I, I think it's too much. They shouldn't have done it this year. Uh, I was impressed by the uh, half attendance, which made me, because th- uh, I honestly think the honestly thought that Michigan wasn't going to do that good with this type of party. Uh, I don't know. Maybe uh, I should be surprised. Michigan's been pretty uh, strict on their COVID rules, and for the most part, people have been okay with it. Uh, have you seen a lot of that, Sly? You see, you see a lot of people walking around without their masks and shit like that, or do you think that the uh, the precautions are being taken pretty well here in Michigan? Well, my people never social distance or did much outside of my immediate, my immediate family did, but no, it's much more relaxed now. I'd say 50-50. And, and the places that require masks, people seem to be wearing them. Right, right, right. But, well, and that's the important part. You know, uh, people's private lives, so you're going to do what you're going to do. And I always thought it was kind of silly, the people in the, in there that were living in the same house that tried to social distance at different points. Uh, Cause that shit's not going to happen. If you live with somebody, you're going to get what they get. There's no way around it. Really. Um, my, uh, I, I felt sorry for my wife's brother and his wife. Uh, they're not married, but they might as well be. Uh, she's a multiple uh, time cancer survivor. And it's, you know, it's, and it's still not super awesome with her health. Actually, matter of fact, she's in like re- physical rehab right now. Uh, she's on disability. She doesn't work. So obviously she's doing her not best to not leave the house and not social distance or anything like that. He works in a factory or, or a shop or something like that. And so he's out and about all day. He's trying to do social distancing with her. You know, stay away from her. You can't give her a kiss. You know, they sleep in separate bedrooms. Yada, yada. I'm like, dude, you live in a fucking trailer. <laughs> You guys might as well enjoy each other's company because fucking stay, trying to stay six feet away from her is not doing fucking shit. <laughs> Did they have sex with their iPads from room to room? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know if she's healthy enough for sex, actually. Uh, she is in poor shape, which I feel sorry for her. But, you know, uh, you're not going to accomplish anything trying to social distance yourself with someone you live with. Right, Ryan? Depends on the size of the house, right? It's a trailer. <laughs> Is it double wide? No, it's a single. <laughs> oh, well, they're fucked. She's doomed. Yeah, she, they're fucked. <laughs> so how you been doing, Sly, other than the jobby neuter thing or your lack of being able to go? Uh, still stuck here in Michigan? Yes. Yes, I am. You know, doing uh, better, though. Uh, I found a, a really good gym where I seem to fit in. It's a long drive, but 
that that's been you know the savior for me is I got a good place to work out and we're doing everything we can do in there you know spraying the dumbbells down trying to stay apart uh, they're only allowing x amount of people in things like that I'm surprised that uh well I guess because you don't you don't live here full-time that I was gonna say I'm surprised you just can go out and buy a, be- a bench and some weights and stuff uh which is why we were done if I didn't already have them because uh, I could totally understand the need to work out but oh fuck going out in the public some people just like that. Are you you prefer working out in gyms as opposed to home? I'd like to leave the home and do it, and then I'm not distracted, interrupted by family, friends, oh. uh, children. Yeah. So I was going to, but I couldn't get anything. Everything around here like got sold, and then I, I saw a pair of 35 pound dumbbells on sale locally for 375 dollars. Oh, fuck me. American? I was like, fuck that. I I think I bought a pair of them for 25 before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 30. I mean, mean, at tops, that'd be like 70 bucks, even at the dollar a pound weight. You know, fucking, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Stray's right. You you seem to do better when you're around other people that are as good or better than you, too. So it's interesting. I actually have the opposite. I have always lifted more alone. I think it's because I can embrace the crazy at that point. So then but you yeah, probably grunt and scream and, <laughs> you know, let oh, yeah, it out. I'll have music going ridiculously loud, chalk everywhere, basically looking like, you know, I'm lifting through fog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I prefer alone as well, uh, just because I feel self-conscious about it anyways. Uh, and in working out alone, I don't have to worry about how much weight's on the bar or if it's an embarrassingly low amount or shit like that i can just fucking concentrate on doing what i need to do um and i feel that way about most kind of exercise Uh, i just like i don't like an audience when i work out i feel awkward and the other thing for me is like most gyms at least the gyms around my area they're not like hardcore like powerlifting gyms they're like kind of general public type gyms right so the ones i've gone to there like i don't necessarily even trust their equipment when i start Mm. to like really push myself Right, I can see that. Like, I used to go there, and I used to bench at a local gym, and, like, on my Instagram, I had a bunch of, you know, benching that I did there. And, like, the freaking amount of slack in those bars, like, it worried me once I got up over, like, the... Generally, anything over, like, 400 pounds, at point, those bars just... They didn't feel the sturdiest. Whereas now, like, down in my basement, I'll bench with a, a duffalo bar... I, I could throw 500 pounds on that thing and it's not going to fucking move an inch. Yeah. That, yeah. And I can see that because uh, I uh, have both an Olympic bar and the standard bar and the standard bar. You really don't want to put shit on there for weight, really. So uh, I, and I assume those things come in different classifications of quality. I don't know if I have a quality Olympic bar or not. Uh, I assume it's okay, but there are different levels of those things. Well, yeah, it's going to be okay for you. Like, it's when you start getting up to that point where maybe you're going to deadlift, you know, five, 600 pounds. At that point, you don't just want any, you know, beater fucking bar that you bought from some no-name company. Right, At that right. point, you want something that was built by, you know, people that have kind of a reputation in the, either in the powerlifting or in the Olympic lifting kind of world, knowing that they're testing their bars and you can trust the fucking tensile strength that they tell you as far as like how much you can actually load on those things. Whereas yeah, going in a normal fucking gym, I don't necessarily always trust that. Right. Why do the end spin on the Olympic bars? Why wouldn't they? No, you know what I'm saying? How like, uh, well, like how standard bars, you just lock the thing in, but the Olympic bars, it seems that if I remember correctly, uh, I got, I might hope I'm not making myself look like, like an idiot. They, there's like a, uh, a swivel on them almost. Well, yeah, it's kind of there to make sure everything's stabilized. Oh, be, oh, and really? And that's and that does that being able to let the uh, rotate. There you go. There's where words I'm looking. Allowing the weights to rotate uh, keeps them more stable. Well, yeah. If you think about it, if if like you have a plate that's not calibrated quite correctly or anything like that, like anything that can get you slightly off balance, where like one side of a bar is doing something a little funky. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to want to do that. And as Trey said, like, also, as you're doing movements, you're going to have the bar moving. 
you're not going to want to have to worry about also moving the fucking weight. Oh yeah. I guess that would be yeah more difficult if you, if you had, if the weight was set, the, so you had to rotate it along with the bar. Well, see, I, I'm glad I asked. Well, there you now go. I know, now I know something I didn't. <laughs> you got anything else, sir, before I go into my stupid shit? You can go ahead and go into something. You got probably one good topic, and then we need to uh, talk some fights. Okay. Uh, did you hear that? Did you see that San Francisco uh, has introduced the Karen Act? Yeah, I did see that. Except it's the it's a C instead of a K. Yeah. Basically, criminalizes any sort of like bogus uh, emergency call that ends up being a, a racial thing. Huh. That's interesting. I, isn't this a case of them making a law that they already have? Not really. So, like, generally, those people that call in that ridiculous shit, they never really get charged with something. They don't really well, get charged for, like, filing a false police report. They're just making a, a call. Like, I think this is just specifically calling out that behavior as a crime and setting forth whatever punishment it is for it. Hmm. Okay, I can see that. I mean, you, you saw where I was going with that. Because uh, one of the things yeah. that, that always confused me is like, oh, we're, we're making that a hate crime. I'm like, well, it's already a crime. Uh, so it's a crime crime now? So, and I realize that they do that so they can have different sentencing uh, limits and things like that. But I, it always kind of confused me that they were labeling something as a hate crime that was already a crime in the first place. Why do you need to differentiate and call it a different crime? It's it's a crime. They, they should be punished for it. Uh but, for the same like, reasons, there's multiple different, you know, classifications for murder. Right, I understand that. Yeah, so like I said, where I said earlier, so that I realized it's so that they can, you know, uh, do different sentencing on it. But that was just a weird thing to me. Um, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. What I wanted to talk about the Australian guy that had a brown snake uh, in his car while he was driving. Did you see that? No, but that sounds like a very bad situation. Yes, it is. Apparently, uh, the Australian brown snake, brown snake is like their most venomous or the second most uh, venomous snake in Australia. This guy was driving and looked down and saw a snake coming up out of his gear shift and started winding around his legs. Uh, <laughs> uh, so obviously, he freaked out. So he's driving, trying to get the snake. The snake starts attacking him. Uh, luckily for him, it's attacking. Basically, it's attack uh, kept, kept on biting the seat uh, between his legs uh, while he tried to kill it. Uh, and I didn't get the details, but he killed it with a, a knife and his seatbelt. Um, and, uh, he, and he and then uh, immediately raced to the hospital because he wasn't sure if he'd been bit or not, uh, which you think you would know. But I guess he he wanted to make sure got pulled over by the cops while that was happening, explaining to the cops what was going on. The cops summoned an ambulance to him right away and where they looked him over and decided he hadn't been bit. Well, I mean, he did the right thing as far as immediately rushing to the hospital because in situations like that, you have so much freaking adrenaline pumping that you're not necessarily going to know what's going on. Right, exactly. And, you know, um, not, and not even like the not feel it point because, you know, you can, there's all kinds of reasons why you won't be able to do that. You, even if you check yourself over, you might be so pumped, jacked up that you might miss the fact that you got bit on the back of the ankle or some shit like that. Uh, so, yeah, that was the right thing to do. But, man... What yeah, a fucking fuck situation. Yeah. I mean, they have so many crazy shit. And, and and while he's driving, dude, I freak out if there's a bee in the car while I'm driving. And you know how many accidents I'm almost caused from that shit? Of course you do, Jay. But I guarantee that guy <laughs> will be checking his vehicle before getting into it from now on. Yeah, yeah. And I know we make jokes about it, but Australia does have a lot of venomous and poisonous things that it seems... Uh, I mean, they didn't really have any choice to start off with as far as Australians living there, but it always surprises me that it's such a populated country because the odds seem stacked against them. Well, not really, because, I mean, as you modernize areas and you, you know, you have cities and shit like that, you're not going to have a bunch of brown snakes going around. Like, these are going to be the people that are more, you know, out in the suburban or rural areas that have to deal with that shit. Well, I saw a gardener snake in my yard yesterday. Uh, I assume that means that a brown snake would be happy there. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, Australia doesn't get much in the way of cold weather. Uh, so that that makes the problem worse for them. That's one of the reasons why I like living in Michigan, because while I'm not a big fan of winters, it does cut down on the uh, size of the rodents and uh, not rodents, reptiles and fucking bugs that you can have here. Uh, 
yeah, Florida and all those places are nice, but their fucking insects are ridiculous. Fuck that. Florida, you got to worry about the people. Yeah, the people too. Yeah. I mean, but also you've yeah, got eight gators and like all kinds of lizards and shit there. Uh, plus the uh, invasive species of the pythons. Uh, and some of those have gotten pretty fucking big because it's a great spot for them. <laughs> the lot, they've, they've actually pushed out the native alligators in lots of areas. It's such a big problem. Uh, at one point, Florida was paying a bounty for every fucking python you killed. Well, yeah, that's again, it's Florida. Like eventually <laughs> Bugs Bunny needs to actually be conjured into existence to cut that fucking state off. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No, I, I don't There's plenty of cool people in Florida and there's plenty of cool spots in Florida. It's just because it's such a nice state and it, it attracts lots of weirdos that wouldn't be able to survive a winter. That's my, that's my theory. It's the people in Florida are a different fucking species than the rest of us. The fact that you can go to Google you can put in your, you know, your month and day of birth and then a Florida man and you every time will get just in a hilarious headline. <laughs> like, that tells you all you need to know. Yes, this is true. All right, sir. Are you ready to do some fight picks? Yeah, let's do it. There's actually some pretty goddamn good fights. So, uh, yeah, this is this is quite the card that you're going to bail out on. Yeah, I'm looking at the, the few fights that I'm going to see at the start. and They're the ones, that, of course, I don't care about. <laughs> Yeah, so starting off the night, we have uh, Martin Day versus Davy Grant. Um, I don't know anything about these people. I'm going to go with Davy Grant just because his nickname is Dangerous Davy Grant. Um, I'm going to go, uh, I guess I'll go with Martin Day, the Spartan from Japan, um, which makes no sense. Hmm. He doesn't look Japanese. <laughs> Well, uh, he's from the, Japan, apparently. Huh. And really, okay. I'm just going against Davy Grant because he's from the UK, and generally, they're not the best fighters. Yeah, it is so weird. Uh, they're so, uh, despite they're having like a couple really high level fighters come out of there, which you think would have like stimulated the growth of MMA, they just not very advanced over there. It seems like, huh? Again, it's the shitty food. <laughs> Who's next? Next of all, we have Carol Rosa versus Vanessa Mello. Ah, uh, hold on a second. Both from Brazil. Oh, well, that makes it harder. Uh, let me look. Do, 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 do. Uh, I'll go with Rosa just because uh, uh, Vanessa Mello is an underdog in this site for some reason or another. Well, with that, I'm going to go with Mello because she's the better looking of the two. Well, there you go. All right, who we get next? Uh, next one. Oh, God, I should make you read this one. Oh, uh, we have Raulian Paiva versus Zolgas Zumagalov. Oh, wow, that is a fucking mouthful. Okay, first off, I don't know if you have the same pictures that I do. Probably not. But it looks like two or three weight classes between these two dudes. Uh, Pavia, it looks like a really skinny dude while... Uh, well, word alphabet over there looks like a big thick dude. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, as far as their records go, I don't know. I'm gonna go with Pavia just because uh, he's 19 and three, and other guys 13 and three. So if you got to go with something, I'm gonna go with that. I think I'm gonna go with Zalgas because he's from you know Kyrgyzstan and life is hard there. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right, who's next? Uh, next of all, we have uh, a Marcin Tibura versus Maxim Grecian. Well, of course, the guy's nickname is Maximus. What else would it be? Uh, I'm going to go with Maximus. Why not? Um, hmm. Yeah, actually, I'll go Tibura just because you're usually wrong. <laughs> and all these are guesses. I've never heard of any of these fucking people. Uh, which makes me think that I guess I don't watch as much MMA as I used to. Uh, who's next? <clears throat> next up, we have Leonardo Santos versus Roman Bogatov. Roman Bogatov. Hmm. Uh, let's go with Santos, because I believe I've actually heard of that dude. I'm going to go with Bogatov. Um, he's undefeated, and he's from Kazakhstan. So another shitty place, so he's probably kind of a badass. <laughs> All right, who's next? Next of all, we have Maquan Amarkani versus Danny Henry. 
Okay, first off, Danny Danny Henry doesn't even have a fucking picture on this website. Uh, despite the fact that he's listed as having three fights in the UFC, so that's not a good sign at all. Uh, on the other hand, this other dude's nickname is Mr. Finland. Uh, so despite that, I'm going to take him, although I'm not feeling confident after seeing the nickname. Uh, no, I got to go Mr. Finland because the Venezuelan fighter, I think, won for us. So oh, you yeah. throw in your country, like you might, you might be okay. <laughs> okay, who's next? Uh, next off, we have Elizu Dos Santos versus Muslam Salakov. Okay, well, first off, this dude's nickname is King of Kung Fu. Uh, and his first name is, is like uh, an entire religion. So, obviously, he's going to win, dude. I, I think I will actually go with him as well. Um, interestingly enough, so he's the King of Kung Fu, and he's going against a guy with the nickname of Capoeira. Oh my! So this is some old school like UFC one shit. Wow, kung fu versus capoeira. Wow, that's pretty. That's crazy, dude. That's we won't see any of that shit, obviously. But that is an interesting matchup. Now that you mention it, and this will be the main event of the prelims. We've got Volkan Volkan Ozdemir versus Jerry Prohaska. Well, goddamn, dude. Okay, I know the prelims are you know supposed to be where they're not putting the big names but god that's a shitty prelim card um let me see well, let's go it's a pretty big name jay really yeah. yeah yeah i'm just looking at who he fought you know um i guess you know i guess it's because the fucking heavyweight or uh, that is heavy no that's that's light heavyweight isn't it yeah um no oh, okay i guess it's a decent one but i've never heard of the guy that he fought uh i'm gonna go with volkov or volkan yeah, I'll go as Demir as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, What's the first fight on the main card? First fight of the main card, we have Amanda Rebus versus Paige Van Zant. Oh, well, fucking Amanda Rebus by being an actual fighter, I assume. Yep, that's exactly the way I'm going. <laughs> and that's Who's... all I'm going to say about that fight. Yeah, yeah, that's all it's worth saying. What's next? Uh, next, we have uh, Jessica Andrade versus Rose Namajunas. Oh, Jesus. I love Rose. Uh, she did, however, get a pretty good ass beat uh, the last time they tried this. Um, I'm going to pick up my heart and, and pick Rose, even though I don't really feel confident about that shit at all. I've got Rose. She was piecing up Andrade the last fight until she got dropped on her head. Yeah, that's true. Well, it makes me feel a little bit better about my pick. All right, who's next? Uh, next time we have uh, Peter Yan versus Jose Aldo. Oh, Jesus. Um, for the belt. That's so fucking crazy. Ho Jose Aldo was fighting for a belt again. <sighs> I can't pick him anymore, dude. He's too old. Um, you know, he's he's this he's coming off of two losses. Um, I'm picking, uh, even though I'm not really impressed with uh, Yan's last uh, win either, because you know Uriah Faber is a million years old. Uh, but I'm picking Peter Yan. Yeah, I'm going Yan. Um, I, I could very well see Aldo pull an upset. Like, yeah. he is still, like, he is still probably the best to ever do it at that weight class for as long as he did. But, uh, yeah, anymore, Yan should take it. Unfortunately, uh, Jose Aldo was like one of the first, you know, badasses. He came out of WEC and fucking, you know, that was, he, he started coming up right when I first started watching MMA, really like 2005, 2006. And, uh, he was always super duper fucking impressive. He seemed unbeatable, uh, forever. Well, it's because he was unbeatable for like a decade. Yeah. yeah he's so damn good. Uh, so I kind of hope he takes it, but I'm not picking him. <laughs> what else? What's next, sir? Next, we have the co-main event of the evening. We have Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Blessed Holloway. Um, I don't know. Uh, Volkanovsky sort of came out of nowhere for me. I know he's been fighting for a while, obviously, but now it, people are already saying, oh, maybe he's the greatest ever. And I'm looking at his record. Yeah, he, they're all wins, but his, uh, you know, Elkins, uh, Chad Mendez, Jose Aldo, and then Holloway. 
the last two are obviously quality wins, although we we're just speaking about whether Aldo has got anything are left. Are you saying or not. Chad Mendez isn't a quality win? Fuck no, dude. <laughs> not for a while now. Does he fight in the UFC right now? Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I mean, uh, Chad Mendez? Muddy Mendez? Are we talking about the same guy? Yeah. Like, we're absolutely talking about the same guy. But, like, that's very much a quality win. Eh, I mean, it was two years ago. But I haven't heard anything from him in such a long time. I guess that's why I didn't think of as much of a win. Was Has he fought since uh, the 2018 fight with this dude? No, he hasn't. But that doesn't mean it wasn't a quality win. I mean, I don't, I'm not saying it's not a quality win, I guess, uh, but it's not like a super impressive win to me. Really? Because before that, the only people, you know, Mendez had ever lost to was Jose Aldo, Frankie Edgar, and Conor McGregor. Yeah. So and he's Conor a McGregor, he looked great <laughs> on a short notice fight. Right. Like, yeah, it's, uh, you're absolutely insane for saying that. Nah, I don't think so. Uh, but look at, okay, Dan uh, Elkins, isn't it? Dan Elkins or Don Elkins or Dur Durango Elkins? Or Darren Elkins. Darren Elkins, thank you. Yeah, I mean, you know, and we already said we're not sure about the the Aldo fight. We'll find out a lot in this fight, I would imagine. Um, so he has like two good wins out of his last four, but I don't really see him as being the greatest ever. That was my point. I thought people were, were pumping him up a little too soon. Well, they pumped him up because he pretty much beat the shit out of Max Holloway, which is super fucking impressive. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, have do, 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 well, neither of them has fought since then, so this will be interesting to see what happens, huh? Yeah. So, what's your pick? You didn't actually make uh, one yet, here, Jay. Oh, oh, I, yeah. I'm probably gonna take uh, uh, Alexander. You, as you mentioned, he did really beat the shit out of Max pretty good last time. Yeah, so unless Holloway figured out a way to learn from those calf kicks, like I think that did kind of really slow him down. I think the other thing, and I don't know if it's just the way that Holloway is, but like he really seems over his last like couple fights, he seems to be getting kind of punchy. Hmm. That's not a good sign at all. No, but like that might just be how Holloway is. Like like the Diaz brothers, right? Like they both sound like idiots that have been like repeatedly punched in the head for a few decades. Right. But right. They but they still fight. Right. Oh, like I see. They are just, you. they are just that guy. So I don't know if that's what Holloway is or not, but, uh, ah, fuck it. I'll go Holloway. Why not? Oh, sure. Why not? Oh, I'd rather, man. I'd rather him win anyway. So I guess right. we'll just go there. Okay, and, and which means we finally, must be in the main event, huh? Yeah, the main event of the evening. You have Kamaru Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to pick Usman. I don't think it'll even be a really... I think it's going to be kind of a one-sided fight, to be honest with you. I absolutely think Usman's going to win, but I'm going to pick Masvidal just because I want to see it, just because the fucking story is great. Yeah, yeah, that is very true. Like Masvidal coming in, fucking, you know, five, six days notice, just comes in and wrecks the guy in, like, the first round. It would be fucking glorious. Right, but what do you think is going to happen? Oh, Usman's going to win, but like I said, I'm I'm picking Masvidal just because it would be a great goddamn story if he wins. Right, uh, but how do you think Usman's going to win, I guess, was my uh, question. He's... He's going to go back to being a wrestler. He's going to pressure, try to hold Masvidal against the fence, try to take him down and lay on him, getting him, get him into later rounds because Masvidal is not going to have the gas tank to go full five. Like, I mean, he's going to go in and use the intelligent game plan to stop a Masvidal coming in on a very short camp and having to cut, you know, 20 pounds in fucking four days. Right, right. Okay, well, I can see that. Uh, it'd be interesting how that works out. I mean, he's fought pretty good wrestlers before, but the one really good wrestler that I saw him fought, it, it wasn't really, you know. I mean, the, the Askren fight you was entertaining. You can't even count but, that as a fight. Right, exactly. That's what I was going to say. As, the Askren fight was, that was entertaining, but it didn't show anything for either of them. That was people like, oh, no, it wasn't a lucky thing. No, skill, he tried for it. 
Oh, dude, that was still lucky. <laughs> Fucking nine times out of ten, that doesn't knock the guy out, and we watched the rest of the fight. So yeah, it was great. It was good for him to throw it, and it was a good idea. But it was still lucky that it caught him so goddamn flush that that was the end of the fight right there. He fucking called it though. Yeah, yeah, that's true. He talked about it earlier in the week to people that he noticed, you know, that about Askren that he was going to come out with a flying knee and fucking end his night. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll be I, I wish, damned if he didn't do it. Yeah, I, I wish he. Well, wish he hadn't. I, I was always wondered uh, how that fight would have went. To be honest with you. I think it would have, he still would have won, but I think it's just, uh, it would have been like a, uh, a second round or a third round thing. Uh, cause I don't, I wasn't sure if Askren really had enough to, uh, try to manhandle him for three rounds. If Askren could have got a hold of him, he probably would have won the fight. Yeah. And then, then who knows what would have happened? Would Askren right. be retired right now? Who knows? Right. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. That's why they fight, uh, because all the guesses in the world don't mean a goddamn thing. This is true. So when we all hmm. get on here on fucking Sunday and Masvidal fucking destroys Usman in like a minute and a half, I then will say we'll I was know. right. <laughs> right on, right on. All right. But then um, we'll also have to deal with fucking Conor McGregor coming out of the woodwork saying he wants a shot at the at the title, the one seventy title. Oh God, I hope not, dude. I'm just so tired of that, dude. I hope he stays retired. Good for him. He's made a whole bunch of money. Stay retired. <laughs> I guarantee right. Basadol wins. That's the first thing we are going to hear is, is oh, a statement yeah. from McGregor saying retirement over. I want that fight. <sighs> Cherry picking again. <laughs> All right, why don't we call this a show? Um, I want to thank the OG Army for showing up. We couldn't do the show without you guys. I really mean that. Appreciate you guys. Uh, I want to thank my co-host, Big Dalton. I also couldn't do the show without him. Thank you, big guy. Appreciate you. Uh, you got anything else? Uh, yeah, so a couple things. Uh, number one, we, we do know that Jay is going to completely punk out on all of us and not be around on Saturday. But I <laughs> yeah. will be here. I will do a fight companion. And I will have a fishing spot for people um, should they need it throughout the night. And uh, hey, yeah, let's uh, let's do the shit. Woohoo! What else you got, sir? And secondly, and finally, fuck all y'all. Everybody have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow at six. Bye bye. Hey, hey.